Hi, this is Bishop E. James Logan, Senior Pastor of Christian Faith Fellowship Church in Zion, Illinois. Welcome to our podcast. I pray you'll be blessed by a fresh word from God every time you tune in. Come on, put your hands together, CFFC, if you believe that the best is yet to come. Hallelujah. Your latter will be greater than your former. I was listening. Uh, that song just bubbled up in my spirit uh, as the beginning of the church anniversary started. And uh, I was doing some errands and running some errands the other day. And I just started singing. The best is yet to come. Your latter will be greater than your than your past. And God just began to speak that to me concerning you, mom and dad. 25 years of pastoring. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. Your latter will be greater. I know some people may say, well, they're in their whatever age now. They're in this age now. But I believe that God still has greater works ahead for you too. You are not done. You are not finished. There are greater works. The best is yet to come for CFFC. You want to know why? Because they have been good stewards over the word. They have been good stewards over what God has entrusted them with. They have been good stewards over the things that God has put in their hands. So God is he's still doing a new thing. He's still doing things. He's, he's the same God that blessed Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the same God. He's, he's the same God. I'm getting excited. I want you to lift your hands right now. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time, God. We thank you for this time of worship. We thank you for this time of prayer. We thank you for this time of celebration as we celebrate the work that you have allowed us to do in this house in Christian Faith Fellowship Church, Zion. Now, God, I pray that you would use me for your glory. Speak through me with clarity, understanding, and anointing so that the word can go forth and pierce and penetrate the hearts of your people so that I can minister a word that will bless the house and bless our shepherds, bless the angels of this house. In Jesus' name, I pray. Let everybody set. Amen. Amen. Bump somebody on your way down to your seat and say, neighbor, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to to come. Well, I am so excited. I'm super elated. I'm espresso elated to be uh, in the house tonight. Uh, I told dad earlier today, I said, man, I'm nervous like I never preached here before. And, and uh, that's a good thing because uh, I have like 17 messages in my head. So I'm not going to keep y'all here too long. I'm not going to keep y'all here too long. I thought I was going to get some amens on that one. But uh, I do believe that, that there is a word from the Lord. There is a word from the Lord. When I, when I begin to think about Christian Faith Fellowship Church Zion that started, uh, Christian Faith Fellowship Church Waukegan legally, uh, that started 29 years ago. I am 31 years old. I'm going to be 32 next month. So I've literally been a part of this ministry my entire life my entire life so if you uh if you have any history questions about the church just 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 let me know um i've been here from the beginning uh i've been <laughs> i've been here uh when it started and so uh but no in all seriousness i'm just i'm so thankful that i get to be a part of a church that has been around for 30 years uh uh I said it a couple Sundays ago, but there's been no scandal. Our pastors live with integrity and honor. 
Y'all ain't heard nothing crazy. Amen. Nothing, nothing that was true. <laughs> you may have heard something crazy, but it wasn't true. Oh, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't know what you heard, but it wasn't true. They've been fiscally responsible. They've been fiscally responsible. They've been financially responsible over the handling of, of monies that have come through this church. Amen. Pastor Donnell said, in our heyday, we had several services on Sundays. We had where there was no room in the balcony or in the fellowship hall. We had to put chairs. I remember we would put chairs in the aisles. Y'all remember that? We put chairs in the aisles. We put additional chairs in the back. You couldn't get in this place soon enough. And some people may say, well, I wish God would go back to doing it how he did it back then. He's the same God. He's the same God. You want to know why? Because the nature of God is that he does not change. People change. God does not change. People may have stopped coming, but God has still been here. God has still been here. And the topic of my teaching tonight is the same God. Somebody say same God same God. He is the same God. If you have your Bibles, grab your Bibles and open it up to Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9. I'm going to be reading from the English Standard Version. Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9. When you got to say, I got it. If you need some more time, say, I just need a little more time. A little more time. Take your time. I see See you with your physical Bibles. Amen. I have mine here as well. Nothing like trying to turn them pages. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 9, and it reads, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. To a thousand generations. We're talking about the self-existing, covenant-keeping, promise-keeping, miracle-working God. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that we serve. And I as I was doing study on the nature of God, I began to look at the character, the attributes of God. And, and a lot of us, we don't understand that, that the, the biblical writers have to use human uh, uh, attributes to describe God, even though it, it's not really accurate. But, but they have to so you can get a better understanding of who God is. God does not change. We have it up here. Hebrews 13, 8. Jesus Christ is the same when? Yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. You may not believe he's the same. Well, folks, you know, folks dying today. I'm sorry to tell you, but folks was dying back then. And folks will die tomorrow. Well, man, I just, I just want God to do it the way he did back then. He was healing back then, 
He's healing now. And he will heal in the future. He, he was making ways back then. It said he made ways in the wilderness and he put rivers in the de- streams in the desert. God will make a way out of no way when it seems that all hope is lost, when it seems like your back is against the wall, when it seems like the doctor's report is outweighing God's report. Whose report will you believe? Whose report will you believe? We serve the same God. Somebody say same God. God is a God of covenant. God is a God of covenant. We sing songs about him being a covenant-keeping God. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper. A promise is another word for covenant. When you tell your children that you promise them you're going to get ice cream after such and such, and you don't, you are breaking your covenant to them. The reason why it matters so much to them is because that is a covenant. You made an agreement. I'm going to give you some definition. Here here we go. Covenant. Those of you that are taking notes. It is a sacred kinship. It is a bond between two parties ratified by swearing an oath. Covenant making was a widespread custom throughout the ancient Near East and Greco-Roman culture, serving as a means to forge socio-political bonds between individuals or groups. Covenants are a big deal. God's covenants are prominent in every period of salvation history. Divine covenants reveal the saving plan of God for establishing communion with Israel and the nations, ultimately fulfilled by the death and resurrection of Christ. Covenants are a big deal. When you bought a car, you signed a covenant. You made an agreement that you would make your payments on time and they will continue to let you drive that vehicle. The moment that you break your covenant, Somebody will be after you called the repo man. You made a covenant when you purchased your home. It was a mutual agreement that they would lend you this particular amount of money as long as you paid on it every month. And they would allow you to continue living in your house. The moment that you break your covenant. The moment that you break your agreement, well, it's, it's a little different today, but, you know, they're not coming to folks' houses, but it will affect areas of your life, affect your credit score, it affects your reputation, and then other businesses that you may need in your future will, will not want to work with you because you have a reputation of breaking your covenant. Covenants are not a light matter. And there are five major covenants in the Bible that I want to talk about tonight. Five major covenants as we think about how God has sustained and kept Christian Faith Fellowship Church for 29 years. And Bishop and Pastor Deborah have been ministering the word of God for 25 years. God is a covenant-keeping God. 
There are some covenants that God made in the Bible. And there are some covenants that God has made to this house, Christian Faith Fellowship Church, and the churches that are connected to it. And there are some covenants that God has made to you, mom and dad. And I want you to know that God is not a man that he should lie. Number one, number one, there is a universal or Noahic covenant. This covenant starts in Genesis chapter 6, verse 18. Y'all mind if we read some Bible? Genesis chapter 8, Genesis chapter 6, verse 18, English Standard Version, Bible reads, But I will establish my covenant with you, and you shall come into the ark, you, your sons, your wife, and your sons' wives with you. So it's telling us where the covenant starts. Then Genesis chapter 9. Verses 8 through 17, it says, Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, I now establish my covenant with you and with your descendants after you. Somebody say he's a covenant-keeping God and he keeps his covenant for generations. He, he doesn't just make a promise to you and neglect your children. He doesn't just say, I'm going to set you free, but, but the things that set you free should free your children. Things that God has delivered you from should no longer be an issue for your children. Amen. <laughs> and with every living creature that was with you, the birds, the livestock and all the wild animal and all those that came out of the ark with you, every living creature on earth. Watch this. I establish my covenant with you. Watch what God says here. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of a flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. Has, has, has anyone ever seen a rainbow? And God says, this is the sign. Of the covenant I am making between me and you and every living creature with you. A covenant for all what? Generations to come. I have set my rainbow in the clouds and it will be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Whenever I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow appears in the clouds, I will remember my covenant between me and you and all living creatures of every kind. God made a covenant not just to me and you, but he made a covenant to every living creature on the face of the earth. God doesn't just care about us, but he cares about every single creature. Because when you flood, when something is flooded, it affects not just the people that are there, but it affects the animals, it affects the critters, it affects the spiders, it affects the ants, it affects the, the, the creatures that are up, uh, below the earth, it affects everything. Trees are uprooted. Mom might not like this, but snakes, their homes underground. Snake pits. Armadillos, raccoons, otters, their, their environment is changed when floods happen. God is a covenant-keeping God. He puts the rainbow in the sky to let you know, like, I still remember my covenant to you. 
Don't, don't you worry about a thing because every little thing is going to be all right. Some of you need to just, need to just go, go, go sit in the quiet somewhere and just think about, man, I can't believe, I can't believe I saw a rainbow. Never lose your awe of God. When you look into the sky and you see the sun continues to rise, that is God keeping his covenant to you. When you look into the night and you may be walking your dog at night and you see the moon in the sky, that is God keeping his covenant to you. When you see the stars aligned in the sky and you see the planets that may be twinkling from afar, that is God keeping his covenant because he's a covenant keeping God. Some of us, we get so worried. We get so anxious and we get depressed because our little thing that we may be believing for God hasn't done it yet but did you wake up this morning did you did you wake up and did you have to think about man I need to breathe today no you you just woke up and you just started being because that's what God designed you to do. Don't get so caught up in, in all of the things that you may be desiring from God when you wake up and you see that the earth is still moving. The sky, the clouds, the rain, the seasons, they're all a part of God's covenant to us. The second covenant is the covenant God made with Abraham. In Genesis chapter 12, the Bible says this, now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you. And make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and, who, and, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now I know this isn't about Bishop and Pastor Deborah, but as I was reading this, I was thinking about my father. A man that left his home in Decatur, Illinois. And traveled up north when he laid eyes on a young woman by the name of Deborah Logan. Deborah, Deborah Gilbert at the time. And I believe they may have been in a nightclub on this day and they were dancing, doing what is called the, what is it, the Earl Flynn? <laughs> Some of y'all know about that. I don't know. I just know what my mom showed me. It wasn't long after where my mother told my father, you're going you to have to come to church. And I believe just from, from, a, from a little child, my father's life, my mother's life was marked by God that they would meet each other because God had bigger plans for them. They had to leave from where they were. They had to leave home. They had to leave safety net. They had to leave comfortability. They had to leave people that they knew. And they had to come to a land that was, that was foreign to them. And they had to step into a realm that may have been foreign to them, dealing with us, pastoring people, leading God's people into the promises, teaching them, 
building them up, allowing their hearts to be transformed by the renewing of the word of God. I believe that that they had to go to a land that God had to show them. And that brought them from from uh, Waukegan East over here to 1727, where we were believing God for a miracle. That, that God would give us this place, this place that we sit in right now. And here we are, 29 years later, in, in land, buildings that are completely paid for. Because they, they had a vision. They heard a word from the Lord. They had vision for what God had shown them. God called my father off his job. And he said, I'll be your blue cross and your shield. I'll be your cross and your shield. Sometimes it's going to, you're going to look crazy in front of people in seasons where, where they think, well, why are you leaving now? Following the voice of God is not always easy. Following the voice of God to Noah, look, dude, what are you talking about? We ain't seen rain before. What are you talking about? Why are you going to Zion? You're leaving your job now? You're, you're, you want to follow God now? You want to do this now? Following God isn't always easy. But, but we can see from the covenants that he's made with his children in the Bible that he's the same God. He's the covenant-keeping God. If you take care of his business, he will take care of yours. He said, I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. I, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble for saying this. I remember many, many years ago, my father got introduced to this gentleman, and, and uh, the band went, and I believe some of the church went, and we were... I believe it was somewhere in Indiana or it was some big building complex that we were in. And it was this big conference that was supposed to be. And this guy, I mean, he acted like he had money. He acted like he had stuff. And this dude was a fraud. He was a straight up fraud. And he made all these promises and he said he was going to do this. And this was supposed to happen and this was supposed to happen. But, but when you dishonor the man of God, when, when you try to take advantage of a true man of God, when you try to take advantage of what God is doing in, in the hearts of his angels and his shepherds. If I'm not mistaken, that man is locked up. <laughs> that man is locked up. Pastor Deborah said, if he ain't, she on her way to go get him. Then Genesis chapter 17, it says, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring. That's generations. After you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. The covenant that God made with Abraham. This is where we get he's the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. We don't just say that because it oh, that's, that's just man, I've been saying that in church my whole life. No, God keeps his covenant, not just to you, but to your son and your son's son. I don't have a choice but to be blessed because of the voice of God on his life. Your children don't have a choice but to be blessed because you decide to be planted here. Your children's children don't have a choice but to be blessed as long as you stay planted in 
God. Number three, the Mosaic Covenant. God established the Mosaic Covenant just after a significant development anticipated in Genesis chapter 15 had taken place. The emancipation of Abraham's descendants from oppression in a foreign land. The focus at Sinai is less on what Abraham's descendants must do in order to inherit the land and more on how they must conduct themselves. God doesn't just keep his promise to raggedy people. I hope I didn't hurt your feelings. If I did, must be raggedy. Um, but we have, to, we have to be sure that we are conducting ourselves in a manner that is worthy of God keeping his covenant to us. The Bible says in Ephesians, walk worthy of the calling in which I have called you. Oh, I'm going there. What happens when we don't walk worthy is we cause the generations that are supposed to be blessed to leave the church because they look at us and they say, that can't be God. And now the blessings that our children are supposed to have, they don't want any part of because what is supposed to look righteous looks ratchet. We have to walk worthy. Exodus chapter 19, verses 5 through 6 says, Now if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. If you keep my commandments, if you, if you keep my covenant, if you walk according to the ways of the Lord, if you walk according to the laws of the commandments, be holy for I am holy. If you keep God's commandments, he'll keep his covenant towards you. We have saints today that want God to bless what he has not been in agreement with. We, we have people that are in church today and they want God to bless their mess. It doesn't work like that. When, I, when God gave me that particular phrase, I, I was thinking about me, actually. I was thinking about when I was a child, um, and I say child because, I, you know, as much as I wanted to say I was a teenager, I was a child. Because the Bible says when you're a child, you, you act like a child. And, and there was an agreement that, that my father and I had that I would take out the garbage on the specific days that I'm supposed to take out the garbage. And I had a, I had a you know, this just innate ability to forget to take out the trash when I was supposed to. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I forgot, and maybe this was like, I don't know, maybe the third time. It may have been the first time. I don't know. But it happened, and, and my father was not happy with me because I broke our covenant. And the house stunk and the trash stunk. And he made me sleep 
<laughs> Next to the garbage uh, can. The full, just full trash. And, and at this particular time, we had, we had field mice that would come in the house. And, and they, would, they would travel <laughs> right in this area where he made me sleep. And, uh, and I never forgot to take out the trash again. And some of us, some of us, we, we expect God to, to bless us when we forget to take out the trash. We, we expect God to bless us when our grades aren't tight. My, I had another agreement with my father. Son, if you get A's and B's, dude, you, drip wasn't the word back then, but like, dude, you, I had you tight. J's, uh, at this time we was wearing Jabos. Anybody know? Y'all, y'all don't know about Jabos. Wearing Jabos, had the FUBU collection. Y'all remember Fat Albert? All of man, y'all remember the characters? I had it all. The Sean John denim suits. Man, I, listen, haircuts. Y'all, I love haircuts. But as soon as I break my covenant, the blessings are also taken. So then y'all would see me on the front row with no haircut, with Bishop's Kooji sweaters from 1997. I believe he used to wear, make me wear his old Air Monarchs. They, they're, they're cool now. They wasn't cool back then. I would go to school wearing these big jeans, looking raggedy, looking like Mushmouth from Fat Albert and the Cosby Kids. And my friends were like, what's going on? And you know, you don't, you don't keep it real with your friends. Oh man, you know, I'm just growing my hair out. You know, I just, I'm just wearing, <laughs> just wearing this stuff. Then my friends started coming to church. They're like, dude, you in trouble. <laughs> yeah, man, I, I broke my covenant. I broke my covenant. When, when you act out, you start to look like how you've been acting. Mm. And even, uh, here we go, watch this. Even though I had some friends who would bring me clothes and I would change when I got on the bus, on the bus ride back home, I had to change back into the way I was acting at that time. And some of you are trying to find temporary fixes for something that you need to fix in your spirit and in your soul. You can't temporarily fix sin without repentance. The reason why some people don't feel like they can come to church is, oh, I need to get myself right. That's the problem. You've been trying to get yourself right all this time when you need to surrender yourself to the will of God. The moment that you surrender yourself to the will of God, God begins to use you. God begins to change you from the inside out. Your heart changes. Your mind changes. You change the way you talk. You change the way you speak. The, even the way you look may change. Somebody may look at you and say, wow, you look a little brighter. You look a little lighter. Because the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, he says, walk as children of light. I am light. Why would you walk around looking like darkness when that's not what our heavenly father looks like? Who is your daddy? When you don't walk in a way that is pleasing to God, you don't walk in a way that, that makes God excited to say, that's my child. You're, you're breaking the covenant. And it breaks his heart because we know better. We know better. The fourth covenant is the Davidic covenant. After Sinai, the next major uh, uh, 
The next major covenantal development comes with Nathan's message to David in 2 Samuel chapter 7. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, David intends to build a house for God. And God promises to build a house and a dynasty for David. God says, because you wanted to build a house for me, I'm going to make your name great. I'm going to make you a dynasty. I'm going to build you a house. I'm going to do something for you. When you decide and you make up in your mind that you're going to live for God and you're going to do it for real, you say, listen, you know what? I know that I used to do this and I used to hang out with my friends and my family and I used to, but I'm going to have to put y'all on the back burner because God's business is more important to me than your business. That's what I think about when I think about bishop and pastor. They, they, they want to beautify the house of God. They want to make sure that the house of God is in order. They spend their time, energy, and resources building up the people of God in the house of God so that you all can go out and be beautiful in the world so people know that you serve the real, real true, and living God. And because, because they are taking care of the affairs of God's house, God is going to make your name even greater in the earth, in the land, in the region, in the city. The last covenant is the new covenant. Jeremiah 31, 31 says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord. When I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. The new covenant was ratified through Jesus Christ's sacrificial death on the cross. There has to be a sacrifice. What sacrifices are you willing to make for God's house? What sacrifices are you willing to make in order to advance the kingdom of God? Are you willing to put your pride aside? Are you willing to, 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 to put your, your reputation on the back burner? Yeah, I know I'm known for this. But listen, this is what I do for God now. This goes to show that God keeps his promises to those who keep his commandments. Christ, who knew no sin, became sin for you and I. That we might become what? The righteousness of God. He kept his promise. I was thinking about another time. This is a very unique time. This was, I believe, 2006. You all won the most influential African-American award in Lake County. That same night we got home. This, This is random how it all ties together. That same night we got home. I turned on the TV. The Lakers were playing. Kobe Bryant scored 81 points that night. Historic night, right? It was. You all receiving an award from people in the area that may have opposed you. I was reminded in Numbers chapter 23, there was a man named Balak. And, and Balak, you know, he's, you know, coming to his own but but there's this this group of people that are you know coming up and there's this guy named Jacob and Balak is like listen I don't want these people 
coming near me because they, they just defeated the Amorites and them folks strong. So, so Balak tries to find this guy by the name of Balaam. Now, Balaam shows up randomly in Numbers chapter 23. We don't know what his history is. We don't know his background, but we know he hears from God. So Balak tries to persuade Balaam to put a curse on God's people. He says, listen, I'll give you this, I'll give you that, I'll give you watches. What, you want a Rolex, you want a Rolls Royce? I got you. We'll, we'll, we can deal with the intent of Balaam later because Balaam was intrigued. <laughs> Balaam was intrigued. As a prophet of God, Balaam was intrigued. But, but Balaam was only allowed to say what God said. Balaam was only allowed to say what God said. Make a long story short, uh, Balaam heard from God, and, and Balaam told Balak, he said this. He said, how can I curse whom God has not cursed? How can I denounce who the Lord has not denounced? People have, may have tried to rise up and say things about you. People have, said, people have done things and posted it online to come against what God has done in your lives. But how can they curse who God has not cursed? How can they denounce who God has not denounced? Numbers 23 and 11, it says, And Balak said to Balaam, What have you done to me? I took you to curse my enemies, and behold, all you have done is bless them. Verse 12, And Balaam answered, and he said, Must I not take care to speak what the Lord puts in my mouth? Then God speaks to Balaam a second time. I'm, I'm paraphrasing and fast forwarding. He says, rise, Balak, and hear, give ear to me, O son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie or a son of man that he should change his mind. Why? Because he's the same God. He has said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not fulfill it? The word of God, the words that have come over this pulpit, and we had some of the most prolific and prominent speakers in Christianity have come and they have spoken and they have prophesied and they have said words and they've raised offerings and we paid off buildings and greater works have happened and people have been healed, set free and delivered. Cancer has been killed and destroyed. Miracles, signs and wonders have happened on the altar. And God says, if I have said it, will I not do it? Will I not perform it? Like I said on Sunday, the dreams that God has given you, the things that God has shown you. He says, I'm going to do it. Why? Because the best is yet to come. <laughs> Behold, I received, a, I received a command to bless. He has blessed and I cannot revoke it. He has not beheld misfortune in Jacob. Nor has he seen trouble in Israel or in CFFC Zion. The Lord their God is with them. God has been with us for 29 years. The word has gone forth for 29 years. You never did not receive the word of God. You never got up here and said, I don't know what that pastor said. You never got up here and said, Bishop is on one today. Is he all right? No, 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 no. Bishop always came with the word. Pastor Deborah always came with grace. Pastor Deborah always showed up to, to whatever it is that you all were nicking. When you needed prayer, they were there. When your cat was in the roof, they were there huh 
When you found yourself in some sticky situations because you got yourself there. When you fell out of the will of God, did not somebody call you? Did, did somebody not check up on you? Did somebody not say, sister, come on back. Baby, I've been looking for you. Pastor Deborah will call you with the quickness. If you, if you run across her mind, she'll call you. Sweetie. Sweetie. Oh, what is going on? You, you give her your sob story. Now you know you need to be back. After you've done all that crying, come on back to the house of God. Were you not built up in your inner man when you were in the, were you were in the house? It was when you decided to leave the house. It was when you decided to leave the covenant. It was when you decided to step outside of the will of God that you started experiencing problems. God's hand is on this church. God's hand is on our leaders. And I'm grateful and I'm thankful that the covenant-keeping God, the God that made a promise to Noah that if he built the ark that I would preserve you and your family and your children's children. I will preserve you for generations. The God that made a covenant to Moses that said, if you, if you do what it is that I've called you to do in a time and a season that seems crazy, I will keep my covenant to you. The God that made a covenant to David that said, if you build my house, I'll make your name great. This is the God that we serve. He's the same God. Some people may have said, well, yeah, they don't do it like they used to do. I don't CFFC change. You know, you know, I, I, I have fun with our, our MD that's in the house. You know, you know, when the when the other folks left, the anointing left. Well, maybe you were attached to people instead of the house. There was there's a passage of scripture and I'm, I'm closing. There's a passage of scripture in Second Kings chapter six, I believe is verse 23. And it's talking about this time. There was a great famine in the land. And the, and the Bible says that the famine was so tough. Inflation was so high. My God, inflation was so high that 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 <laughs> that they had to sell doves dung. It's in a word. Look it up. They sold doves dung for at a price that was just astronomical. But because there was a famine, folks bought it and they ate it. A dove is a representative of the Holy Spirit. Their dung is a representative of what they ate. They, they, they regurgitated and they, they spit it out. It's where the dove was, but not where the dove is. Some people want doves dung instead of the dove. Some people are so caught up in where the dove was instead of where the dove is. This is why we have to look forward to the future and not the past. We can't be so caught up and stuck in the past and what the music ministry used to be. And how we used to have 700 people in the choir and we used to have 75 people in the band and we used to wear robes and we used to do all this stuff. We had seven days of praise and we had seven days of prayer and fasting. We had 21 days of prayer. We had all of these things. But where are you now? Are you worried about where the dove is or where the dove was? I'm glad that we serve pastors who are continuing to take us where the dove is, where the Holy Spirit is. 
where the Holy Spirit is taking us, where the Holy Spirit is moving to, not what we used to do because God says, I can't put new wine in old wine skins. You got to prepare yourself for the new oil, for the new anointing, for the new mercies that are new every morning. God might not do it like he did it before, but guess what? He's the same God. And I just want to encourage you tonight, my brothers and my sisters, don't be so caught up in what happened in the past. We are moving towards the future. God has greater works for CFFC Zion. Because we've been good stewards over what God has entrusted us with here, I believe that we're going to build. It's going to happen. Somebody say, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I'm going to see it. Somebody say, I'm going to see it too. I'm going to see it. You think we're just going to have 40 acres of land that's paid for, two buildings, two big buildings, two big complexes that are just paid for, a church that's in no debt. Y'all think God's not going to allow us to build on 40 acres? I'm trying to go where God is going. Because your ladder will be greater. Your ladder will be greater than your past. Your ladder will be greater than your past. Bishop, I'm, I'm, I'm so inspired by, by how you continue to study and you, you stay in the word of God. You spend hours in the word. You spend hours in your library. I, I crack up at mom. You know, it's, it's funny, but, but you study. You, you get before the Lord. I'll call Alexis. It may be 11 o'clock. I'm like, what's mom doing? You know she got her three computers out. She got her five dictionaries. She got her Bible. And she's writing. My mom writes. She's one of the most vigorous writers I've ever seen. But these two people right here are serious about the word of God. They don't just get before you and say anything. They say what God has truly put on their hearts. They truly have a heart for people. You don't have a, you don't not have a heart for people and do this for 25 years. You can clap for that. Because some of the stuff I hear on, t on, on YouTube and on streaming and some of the, you know, some of the churches that I see some of, some of y'all cousins go to, I'm like, are you telling us what God said? Is that in the Bible? Did you make that up? I'm glad that we serve in a house where the dove is. God is here. God is here. It may not be packed every Sunday, but I, I believe that there is a future where it will be. I believe that there is going to grow a hunger and a desire for people to come to the realization of who God truly is. And it's going to be in this ministry, Christian Faith Fellowship Church, Zion. It's the year of building. God is building us up for greater works. We're not done. We didn't come this far just to come this far. God didn't bring the people out of Egypt and just, well, I got y'all out. <laughs> I got you out, doc. 
I told you. I made a covenant to your ancestors. I told them, listen, now they're going to they gonna be in bondage and slavery for, for a few while, you know, a few while, a few years, a few while. But when I get them out, they're going to be out and then, that, you know. No, no, no. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. We have a place that is prepared where we're going. But we have to have people that are willing to keep his commandments. Like our foundation of scripture that we started with. Know, therefore, that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. Everyone stand to your feet. Father, we thank you. We thank you that your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. That is the theme of our anniversary. Great is your faithfulness towards us you've been faithful to us so God we want to be faithful to you our pastors have been faithful to you and to us they've been faithful to the work that you've placed on their lives they've been faithful and they've walked worthy of the call they're worthy of honor double honor We are thankful for their lives. We are thankful for the mission of CFFC. We are thankful for the work that is yet to be done. But we we thank you for the work that's already done. But God, we thank you for the work that is yet to be done. Greater works. Greater works will be done in this house. God, we thank you for keeping your promises. God, we thank you for keeping your promises. We thank you for not going back on your word. God, if you say it, I believe it's going to happen. It might not happen in your timeline, but God is not moved by your emotions. He's moved by faith. When we operate out of faith, the Bible says it is the currency of the kingdom. It unlocks things in the spiritual realm. So God help us to get out of our emotions and into faith. So that we can see you work. We can see you move. We can see you do it again, God. We thank you for your precious Holy Spirit. That dwells in us, that rests in this place, the anointing that is on this house. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you for the work that we've done. We thank you for the lives that we've helped change. We thank you for the lives that we've touched. We thank you for the doors that we've knocked on, for the hands that we've shake, shaken, the hugs that we have given, the hearts that we've touched. God, we thank you. For every volunteer, for every leader, for every person that put their hand to the plow to help the vision go forth. Father, we thank you. We thank you for those that left. 
We thank you for those that came. We thank you for those that are here. We thank you for those that are coming. Because it all adds to what you have done and are doing in this house, God. God, we have not missed a single move of God. We have not missed a single move in this place. Because you continue to pour into our leaders so they can feed us with meat. So we are built up, so we are strong in the Lord, so we have our spiritual protein so that we can fight and withstand the wiles of the enemy. We thank you. Father, we thank you. With outstretched hands, Father, we thank you for the work that has been done and the work that you are yet doing. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen. If you are not saved at this time, if you're not saved and you're in the building, I want you to just wave at me. You may be watching online and you may, you may not be saved. And you, you may say, I, I want to know this God. There's been so much inconsistency in my life. I want to be a part of the kingdom of God. I want to be a part. I want to know this God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I want to know this God who keeps his promises. Because all people in my life do is break their promises. Well, let me pray for you. Bow your heads. Father, I pray right now that you will visit your son or your daughter, wherever it is that they are. I pray that you would come into their life. You would come into their heart. They would receive you. You would make them over again. I pray that they would say this. I believe you are the son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and the sins of the whole world. I believe you got up with all power in your hand. You took the keys from death, hell, and the grave for me. Save me. Deliver me from my sins from my proclivities, from my afflictions, from the sins that so easily beset me, from depression, from anxiety. Save me from myself. And be my Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. If you pray that prayer, I believe you are now a part of the body of Christ. And the angels are rejoicing because we have gained another one. Hell lost another one. And you are now free. Hallelujah. Well, thank you for joining us. I also want to thank you in advance for clicking on the link to support our ministry. Your giving is what moves ministry forward and ministry must move forward. You can also visit us online at cffczion.org for more information. If you were blessed by this word, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends and family. God bless you.